0: Is the Twins Insider Podcast, I am Michael Rand, Lavelle E. Neal the Third, joining me as well. We are both in the Twin Cities. I assume you're in the Twin Cities right now, Lavelle?
1: Yes, I am back. I returned on Thursday and
0: uh been laying low ever since. So uh Yeah, smart.
1: Well yeah, I flew back I actually flew back on a full flight which I wasn't anticipating. Sure. So uh <laughs> there was a lot of uh interesting things to observe on that flight.
0: Yes, so obviously the baseball season indefinitely suspended right now. Everybody's aware of that, coronavirus wreaking havoc on our daily lives, our health, everything like that. Um, But we want to talk today about the future, which feels more fun to talk about right now than the present. I want to talk about your most recent list of your ranking of the top ten Twins prospects and players who could – you know help sooner rather than later once baseball resumes in some cases but in other cases kind of may form the the backbone of of future twins teams you know for a team that's already pretty stacked right now so I'll, let's start let's start at the top i don't think we're going to go i don't know if we'll necessarily go all 10 in this with the same you know kind of weight added to them but i feel like number 1 Fairly obvious still, uh, even though he had a somewhat disappointing year last year, Royce Lewis, the first overall pick in the 2017 Major League Draft. That was the first draft run by the current uh, Derek Falvey, Thad Levine regime. What, what do we make of his year last year, the struggles he had, and maybe what you saw briefly um, in, uh, in, in camp before, before it got shut down? Well, he just got, you know, last year he just got into
1: a bad rut and he was in one of those, uh, those slumps where he would take strike one, fall off strike two, chase something off the plate for strike three, you know, and he was doing it yep. frequently and he went to a funk and he had to figure out a way, uh, figure a way out of it. And it was like the first time he's dealt with sustained failure in his career. And so, you know, it got from him a little bit and it was something he had to deal, deal with and he, he stabilized a little bit at, uh, at uh, Fort Myers and eventually uh, went to Pensacola where, you know, he hit it, hit in the two thirties again, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, the thing that impressed me in camp this year is that he's added some, he's added some pounds. He's added some muscle. I think he's about 180 pounds okay. when the twins dr- drafted him, I think he's at 200 now or okay. 205. Yeah. And then he's got, yeah. he's got shoulders and he's got some man muscles now. And so when he makes contact, he's going to be able to drive the ball, uh, a little bit of a distance. But he's got a high leg kick. And yep. I always get nervous when young kids have high leg kicks, because that's a timing mechanism. Yep. And and uh, uh, Major League pitchers know how to exploit that. And you see a lot of young players have to ditch the kick yep. once they realize it just doesn't work in the Majors. But there's right. some who do pit with it. Josh Donaldson yep. still has a high leg yeah. kick. you know uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., the great young yep. player for the for the Braves, have a high leg kick. So for some guys it works. some guys have to get rid of it. And yeah. so we have to see as he continues to move up through the levels of the farm system uh, if that's something he's going to be able to deal with. The good thing for him that he went to the Arizona Fall League and was the AFL uh, most Valuable player. He yep. really had a good, good run there. So he ended 2019 in a good frame of mind. And he came to camp this year, and he showed athleticism. Um, he struck out a few times, but he also hit a couple home runs. So so yep. he saw, saw the ability to drive the ball. So I think he's in a better place uh, this year as he gets ready to when, – whenever the season starts, he'll be at Pensacola probably.
0: Okay. Uh, with the opportunity, Which is double-A now, yeah.
1: Double-A, right. And with the opportunity, if there's enough schedule to be played and he gets off to a good start, he can end the year at Rochester. So we'll see.
0: Well, that's a good question, too. I mean, the, you know, we're very focused right now on – the impact on the major league club and when they might be able to start playing this year as, you know, as, as we all kind of grapple with the news of the day. But this is a, you know, for a prospect, they can stay sharp to a certain degree doing individual work, but this is going to put a dent in some timelines, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, you know, it's going to be a, it could be a lost season for a lot of prospects acro- across the game because they're not going to get the 144 games right. or 130-something games that you can get uh, in a minor league season. and It's unclear whether once if, – if there is a season, it's going to have to be a spring training. And, right. Um, so it's going to be another three to four weeks to get ready for that season. It's unknown if the minor leagues will start at the same time as the major leagues right. or what. So, But, yeah, for a lot of prospects who were moving into the range – you know, of being in major league clubs, probably getting on the forty man roster for the first time, being in major league camp, you know, sniffing the majors. Um, yep. Yeah, it could be a little. It could be a, kind of a rough year as they don't climb as high as they thought they could climb, just because there's not, it's not enough time. It's just a, it's a matter of time. Yeah, and it depends. What, and this is some of the stuff that the uh, the, the, the commissioner, and the players' association, are haggling over right now. I'm yeah. guessing there are. Trying to put in plans that, okay, if quarantines are lifted by this date, when can we start? Uh, And they're probably saying, "Well, this is what a hundred and thirty game schedule looks like. This is what a hundred and fifteen game schedule looks like. This is what an eighty-one game schedule looks like." And this is what they're probably putting structures together as to when everything can be activated once they get to go ahead to uh, to start playing. So we'll see. Yeah,
0: you think. Do you think Royce Lewis ultimately is going to be a shortstop, a uh, a center fielder or a guy who can do a little bit of both?
1: Yeah, it uh, you know that keeps coming up and it it came up with, uh, with people on drafting. If he could stay uh if he could stay in short and I ran into a, a National League scout a couple of years ago when Lewis was just starting his career. And he was telling me he just looks like an athlete playing shortstop. He's got to learn. He's got to learn uh, the nuances of the yep. position. And since then, uh, by all indications, that he's learned. That he looks more like a shortstop making shortstop plays.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, he made it. I wasn't at the game, but Phil Miller texted me when uh, he went into the hole and did a Derek Jeter jump throw for okay. the hole in short during a spring training game uh, to, to throw someone out at first. So, but seeing the skills there in athleticism and since he's playing a premium position and he's got some pop in his back, that still makes him a top prospect. Um, sure. He, now, the Arizona Fall League, um, because they were shorthanded or had injuries or some other issues, he actually played yep. some third and some center. And I got some people thinking when well, they're moving them. But the Arizona yep. Fall League kind of weird because every major league team that sends a, a package of players there, yep. they are allowed to designate one player in which he has to play his preferred position. He can't be wow. moved around. Okay. And so the twins designated Kirilov. it was Kirilov as okay. the guy to be the designated player, but then he got injured. So oh. when he once he got injured and he was gone, so that was there went their designation. Yeah. So Royce Lewis didn't have a designation. So when they needed people to fill in and move around, they tapped yeah. him because he's a great athlete. So and he had a good time sure. doing it. Sure. But for, for now, Derek Valby says they're they're committed to uh, using them. At, uh, as, a, as a shortstop. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it was just a weird thing that let, and it got people thinking again, well, maybe he's going to get moved. Yeah. But as of now, that's not um, on the table. Plus, the Twins have plenty of time to make a decision because right. Oriol Polanco is under contract for several years. Yep. <laughs> right. and Lewis is knocking yep. on the door. It depends on what position is available, whether it is yep. second, third, or short, or, or center field. So... Uh, if you wanna, if we just want to kind of spitball it a little bit, yep. if Boston gets his career on track, you figure he'll be in in center for a while. And if Josh Donaldson, right. you know, he's on a four-year contract, right. uh, he's going to be a third. So I don't know yep. if, if where Royce Lewis can have an impact on this roster yep. Yep. going forward. So I'm just going to throw this out here, ladies and gentlemen. If the Twins need an A starter in the next yep. year or two, uh, they may yep. have a great Trade chip the dangle sure. in Royce Lewis. I'm not saying that uh, that that's something they're thinking about now, but down the road, um, yep. just because he's blocked, man, who would ever think that the Twins would have no room at the end? You know, at three. They do. But they,
0: well, that's the, that's the interesting thing. I mean, you put together. I mean, they've they've had a good system, and they've got still got prospects down there, but they're, you know, they're they won 101 games last year, and their roster yeah. is probably a little bit better, at least position player wise, this this year. So the, it is going to be a little bit of a logjam. It's going to create opportunities for trades. It's going to create interesting scenarios, whether they decide to trade existing major league players to make room for right. prospects or if they decide to trade prospects to bolster that major league stat, major league now, roster.
1: I would say at this point that Lewis will probably make his debut in the infield just because yep. he may get called up because Polanco's banged up or something on the DL sure. or Donaldson's sure. banged up. But long term, right? Just because of the way uh, you've got the, you know, you got the infield. Everybody except the rise. Well, the whole infield's under control for the next three or four years. Right. Because uh, Sano's on the contract, Longo's yep. on the contract, Donaldson's on the contract, and the rise is under control. He's under
0: control. That's so true.
1: If he ends up contributing to the
0: Twins, it probably is going to be as an outfielder. I would say. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless somebody is injured long term or falter right. in a way we're not expecting, so yeah, absolutely. Next two guys on your list are interesting to me because I feel like they're closer to major league ready, perhaps than some of these others on the list. They're both outfielders, Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick Larnick in particular feels like he's, he's, you know, cause he's a college guy. I know, you know, you got to wait sometimes on these guys, but it feels like both he and Kirilov are, are knocking on the door, especially Kirilov, you know, with, with how close he might be.
1: Um, I was very impressed with both those men uh, during uh, during spring training, man. Um, yep. They looked like they belonged. They did. Um, they took great at-bats. And when they got pitches to drive, they drove them. They didn't look yep. overwhelmed. And, you know, Rockaball Delhi, you know, made a point of saying he saw – he watched Kerala, for instance, um, mm-hmm. handle just tough, majorly quality breaking balls, you know, and yep. wear them up. Um, and he saw Karolov do stuff with the bat, as far as hand-eye coordination, that was, you know, majorly caliber. And Larnick has always been able to hit, you know, to opposite field, and he's made adjustments to pull the ball. And, yep. um, you know, even some of his outs were were, uh, were exciting because he was able to drive the ball. They ended up being okay. caught. So um, my big question, too, I asked this question to a couple of Twins officials about, you know, um, Given the fact that Royce Lewis did not tear it up offensively last year, mm-hmm. can I justify putting Kirillov in, in the number one spot? And I kind of—I I, mean—I don't think that's wrong. Well, I—you know—I was curious, but they were like, kirillov's bad definitely closes the gap between him and 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 Lewis for number one. But yeah. Lewis still being at a premium position, and yeah. with his athleticism and his upside, he still should be number yeah. one prospect. I said okay, well, but I yeah.
0: That's a good point yes. too, because when you talk about prospects, still you're still talking about upside in a lot of cases. So yeah. that's a good. Point. And
1: Kirilloff didn't have the greatest year either last year because he had uh, the wrist injury. wasn't
0: wasn't bad though. He still hit like two eighty three. I mean, that's, I know. you know, there's what I mean for downgrading him for two eighty three and nine homers in ninety four games. I mean, that means he's, you know, if, if that's disappointing, then you know that tells you something about him.
1: Well, It's his fault because he shouldn't have uh, went to Fort Myers the year before and hit three
0: sixty two in 65 right, games right. and
1: set the bar so
0: high. Right, you know?
1: right. Definitely <laughs> created that, right. that, that, uh, that concern right there.
0: He's so, got to learn to underperform and over-deliver. Yeah. Under-promise and over-deliver.
1: If there's a season and it's long enough for, for guys to, to get some movement going up and down, Rochester, I think, could be a very intriguing team during the second yeah. half of whatever season they play because Kirillov could be there. Actually, the are talking about starting Kirillov at Rochester this year before all this happened. <laughs> I don't know if they still do it. Uh, Larna <laughs> could be there. Brett Rooker's already there. Uh, Nick Gordon's already there. And Royce
0: Lewis could be there. <laughs> you <laughs> could have
1: five really yeah, interesting right. guys yeah. uh, playing for the Red Wings by the end of the year.
0: Let's talk about a couple of pitchers here because these were four and five on your list: Jordan Balazovic and uh, Jo Joan Duran. Am I pronouncing those right? I-, I, see these, he- I see these names all the time. I don't know exactly how to pronounce them. So
1: go ahead. Well, Dustin of the Twins, actually will occasionally send out uh, a video of okay. that player pronouncing his name, and apparently, yep. he pronounces it Joan Duran. So it's almost like Johan, Johan Santana. Yeah. Joan Duran. Yes. So Joan Duran. So, uh,
0: uh,
1: yeah. I I had a chance to see both of those guys pitch a little bit. I actually I saw yep. I saw Balazovic on the back on the backfield uh during yep. the 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 pre the the uh non uh supervised workout portion of spring training before everything became official yep. and organized. Um yep. his ball moves. He's got a fastball that's got some life, man. I was really impressed with how it, it, it darts and cuts. He's got a great okay. movement with that pitch, he throws a good slider and he continues to work on the changeup. Um, I've been told that he's filled out. He's 6'5", and he okay. continued to yep. fill out. And okay. so um, he's picking up some velo. So now he's throwing 95 with a fastball has life and a yep. quality slider. So he's he you're watching how a kid with upside is drafted and slowly yep. surely gets better as he moves along in the season. Uh, this will be a good year for him because, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be able to throw about 130 100 well I, well I keep I keep saying that I keep uh,
0: that.
1: The right regular, the regular he'll be able if there's enough games he should be able to get uh, some more innings in and start yep. continuing to build up uh, toward being a starter but uh like, he definitely has talent and uh he's headed in the right direction Duran came over from the Diamondbacks and the Eskobar All right? Oh,
0: right yeah true. And
1: I remember like two weeks after he joined the organization like you know uh the twins are analytically bent right now, and a lot of stuff they threw at him uh especially with mechanics and you know pushing off with your bombing your foot instead of your toe and all that stuff. he took to it right away and saw instant the result. so they really got okay. encouraged by that, and ever since then um you know he's been just slowly you know moving forward too he's got a great frame too he's about six four six five okay himself with broad shoulders
0: okay. and uh
1: Fastball could go ninety seven, maybe a little bit higher than that. Oh wow! And yeah. he's he's got this funky pitch. I wrote about it. It's called a splinker. A splinker,
0: splinker. Yeah. Well, tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, it's a split finger sinker that I can't remember which way he went, but they're trying to. He's trying to get more movement off a of split finger fastball, and so okay. he turns his hand a little bit like he would for throwing a sinker, okay. and so now he gets it, it gets it drops with like. More sinking action, and he just he okay. used it to just wipe out hitters, you know, just okay. kill them, and um, it's been very successful. He's got a twelve to six curveball that he uses, okay. in, and he also's working on the change, like most most pitchers in the minors are working on, right? Change because you know, yep. it's the one, when you you have success with the hard stuff, it's kind of hard yep. to to perfect the changeup because you need yep. to get hit a little bit so you can figure out what adjustments you need to, to make right. to be good, and so. Right. Uh, yeah, he's, been, he's still taking right of a changeup now. But the, the fastball, the splinker, and uh, the curveball are three good weapons for Duran. And uh, that puts him squarely in the number five spot on the Twins prospect hmm. list. So he's definitely one to watch. Both uh, those guys have, uh, probably had a chance to be at Pensacola this year. So
0: okay. once you get to
1: Pensacola and you do well, you can start yeah. dreaming. You can start yep. seeing a guy in a Twins uniform.
0: Speaking of which, uh, Ryan.
1: Wow. No, there's snow last night. I didn't
0: know that. Little bit. That's little bit. First it'll be gone soon. It'll be gone soon. It'll be like almost yeah, 45, 48 this afternoon and sunny, so it'll be gone. But uh, um, so yeah, uh, I want to get one more specific guy, Ryan Jeffers, because he's interesting to me just because the Twins. Uh, obviously, they developed Mitch Garver kind of out of nowhere, but it had been, it had been a while before that until, you know, obviously Joe Maurer and then, you know, Wilson Ramos, but it had been a while since they developed their own catcher that really, you know, could, could catch a meaningful number of games. This guy looks like he's uh, turning some heads and could be, you know, Ryan Jeffers could be, you know, at least a, you know, a compliment to, uh, to Garver at a certain point.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when, when the teams talk about their prospects, they have a, They have a two-word statement that legitimizes those guys in their eyes—that he is a guy. You know, for the first (laughs) time this spring, yeah. yeah, Just for the first time this spring, I heard that Ryan Jeffers is a guy. So um, he came out of UMC Wilmington, known for offense, and he tore—he destroyed. that? uh,
0: 422
1: at Elizabethon. Yeah, right after the draft, it was ridiculous. Then he went to uh, Cedar Rapids after that, I believe. Okay. Sure. Uh, so they knew he had the hitting component. Uh, as far as the defense, there was something he was going to have to learn, but he's learned. Yep. Uh, he's got okay. a good, strong arm. Uh, he's he's footwork behind the plate's improved. Uh, he, they like his pitch framing. But at the, I guess the thing that uh, yep. I've read and heard about him is that you know, he's his game calling has gotten really good. His handling of his mm-hmm. pitch staff has gotten pretty good. So all those things uh, that make uh, a catcher good are, are showing sure up in Ryan okay. uh game here. And that's got to be uh, encouraging for the twins. In fact, uh, I wish I could call it the quote now, but Rocco Baldelli actually said during camp that Jeffers looks about ready that if we needed him in a pitch, we probably can call him up to the majors, which I thought wow. was a very interesting statement for, yeah. for Rocco to make during camp. So uh, yeah, that's absolutely. how much he thinks of uh, of Ryan Jeffers. So, um yeah, it's always good to have a good, good catching prospect. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, you know, when the Twins talk trades with other teams, he's going to be on the, 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 the top of the list that the teams are going to ask about because everybody wants good catching prospects. It's still a few Absolutely. of them in, in the yep. game.
0: Let's go uh, rapid fire here. I'm going to go through 7 through 10 on your list, and I want you to tell me, like, who in particular stands out. we got Blaine Enlow at number 7, a right-handed pitcher. we got Matt Walner outfielder at number eight, Matt Cantorino, right-handed pitcher at number nine, and Keone Cavasso at number 10. He's a third Cavaco. baseman. Um, um, what, what stands out about these guys, or who 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 should we know from this group? Uh, Cantorino is the one guy I'm very interested in. I've never seen him throw,
1: but uh, you look at his numbers, his uh, first year as a as a professional, and they're very encouraging. He's got a 95 mile hour fastball, and apparently he has a killer slider as well. Um, The thing about him, uh, he only pitched in seven games because the Twins uh, smartly shut him down for a little bit after they drafted him because he pitched for Rice. And this goes back over 25 years. Uh, Rice runs their pitches into the ground. They throw a lot of innings. There was a stretch there with, like, like they had guys like Wayne Townsend and some other guys breaking down with Tommy John. Um, Everybody knows if you're a pitcher for Rice, you're going to work hard. So the first thing that the Twins did when they got – Cantorino was to shut him down or just kind of ease him into things so you saw him throw you know he pitched seven games uh, last year and uh, he's in line to pitch much more than that this year so we can see uh, if that skill set's going to continue to play and that's the one that <laughs> jumped out I mean the other one was I would re- kind of reluctantly put Kabako in number 10 only okay. because he's the, he's the most recent first-round pick because he really had an awful season
0: it's not a great
1: uh, yeah yeah, no, it was awful. Batting under it was a 172 or something like that. Yeah. Um. But apparently, you know, he's got all of, he's got the tools. It was the classic toolsy high school athlete. Yeah. that And the Twins continue to draft over through the years. It, it, it's it that habit has uh, transcended different regimes. Uh, <laughs> you know, Salvi, and Levine right. are doing it right. as well. Um. But you know, he can run. He can throw. He can hit hit for power. He's got all the. All the boxes checked in that regard, but he just going to need some time to develop. So and he's um, and he's
0: young too. I mean he he, like last year during his season he turned he didn't turn 18 until June. That's correct. That's so, correct. I mean he, he you know sometimes players like these, it's kind of a you know some some kid coming out of high school might be close to a full year older than that and there's a difference there and that makes that can be that can make a big difference.
1: Yeah, he wasn't really on a lot of teams' radars until the summer of 2018. Apparently yeah. blew up that summer and carried it into his high school season, huh. and I guess he was one of those guys that had helium, as they say in the business, and kind of rose uh yeah. as uh, this draft approach. And so the Twins jumped on the guy who was who was a hot the hot player,
0: okay. and
1: we'll we'll see how we'll see how it turns out. Um, uh, a non big market team can't afford to screw up too many drafts, especially in the first right. few rounds. Um, right. everybody's going to make mistakes. You know, everybody's right. going to draft clunkers. Everybody, I still forget, I'll never yeah. forget the twins. They took, they took Todd Ritchie because the three times they saw Mike Messina, he got bombed at Stanford. Right. You know, stuff, stuff like that. Happens, right. Man, and, and right. it's just sometimes decisions that you can regret forever. But, uh, <laughs> other, 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 times you make a pick that's criticized. Oh, the twins drafted Denard band because he was easy to sign. Right. Oh, the twins drafted, uh, um, Maurer. Joe Maurer could think it Yeah, how yeah, dare you but. take a high school catcher with a first-of-all right. pick? Right. Uh, well, the twist with Ben Revere, he all he does is run. You know, they just want right. to save money. But those guys right. ended up being productive right. major league players. So, right. It goes both ways. Absolutely.
0: Good stuff, man. It feels good to talk baseball again. We'll do this again soon, all right? Yo, let's make it happen. Be well. Thanks, Thanks LaVelle.
1: My pleasure.